going to think about how I want to say what I want to say while we're recording because I think the thought process makes it more fun. Um, and maybe you can help me with it. For years, uh, we sat on the radio and talked about how to build a hockey team. Talked about roles. Talked about pieces that you need, types of players from your first line to your second goaltender, even your third goaltender. And, you know, for years we said, you need more physicality. You need more physicality. You need more toughness. And we got shit on. We got shit on. Mm. What? what? Well, I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, okay. We did say that, and I agree with everything that you just said. And so I don't know I'm where not, you're, I don't know where this yet. conversation is going, but I will say this. We did say all that stuff. The Sabres desperately needed all of this stuff that we talked about. They needed guys that had energy. They needed guys that were more physical. They needed guys that played a certain style. Okay. That weren't the dipsy doodlers and maybe your goal scorers or, or, or ultimately your top playmakers. You needed um, a, a different type of player. We never once said go out and get a fighter. I didn't. We, uh, never once did we say go out and get a right. fighter. We went out because I think when people hear about, us say go and get toughness, they assume they think fighting that we're talking about fighting. Like we fighting live in the ultimately fucking, out like of the we bloody live in the game, Stone man. Age. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen one fight in the Stanley Cup Finals. Of you, I've seen nothing but brute physicality. And all I can well, tell you is this: everyone around Buffalo is talking about the Sabers making the playoffs next year. Okay, as we close in on the draft and you hear rumblings about players like, is Tom Wilson really available? Uh, are other players available? If you're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, how do you think the Buffalo Sabres would do with their current roster next year? I think they would look a lot like the 2018 Tampa Bay Lightning. That's what I think they are, they're going to look like. And what happened to them? They went out to an eighth seed. They went out in the first round. They lost four straight to a junkyard dog, hardworking, still pretty skilled. That uh, 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 Tammy Panarin. And all I'm saying is Tampa Bay Lightning realized after losing four straight, they realized after having 60 wins, they realized after having 128 points that year, losing out in the first round of the playoffs, they realized that they're missing certain ingredients to their team that will that will put them in a much better situation. They went out. They, they added and four they got, pieces. They, at least they added four pieces. pieces. At least four or five pieces. Yeah. Two guys on defense. They added Shen and Zach Bogosian. Both are physical defending defensemen, big physical defending defensemen. They added Stanley Cup winner from St. Louis. Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon. Blake Coleman. Coleman they, they got from New Jersey. And, and Barclay Goudreau. Barclay Goudreau. A first, they gave up a first-round draft pick for him, okay? Because that's what they needed. They needed three guys in the forward line that played a certain style that can still play hockey. They were still great players. 
but they they were different players than a Kucherov, than a Palat, than a Stamkos, my than point a to all this, My point to all this and everything you're saying is that Kevin Adams needs to start using this currency to go and get some junkyard dogs. Look at the Florida Panthers and look at the Vegas Golden Knights. This is how you win. This is how you get to the finals. You can have all the pieces that you want and all the skill, but if you don't have these players, your team doesn't have a chance. Toronto went and did that, and they still didn't get past the second round. They should be in the finals. All I'm saying is, like, we took a lot of shit for saying things like that over the years. And like, you guys live in the Stone Age, and I sit and I'm watching the playoffs, and I just think this team right now would have had their asses handed to them. Yeah. If they waited into the playoffs, who's, so, who's my question is who's who's out there saying that we're in the Stone Age? I played this game since I was six years old. I've played through every division in the game of hockey. I've retired, and I'm still involved in hockey. I've never really separated myself from the game. I also have an understanding of what it takes to win. I've been around the game long enough and you've been around the game long enough to understand integral pieces in order to win hockey games. And the first and foremost is you need skill. You need highly talented hockey players. And going back years ago, um, when we're talking about the Sabres, they didn't have the skill. They didn't have the skill. Well, right now, um, this team sucks so bad for so many years that they've picked so high for so many years that it's it's by default that this team is actually starting to 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 break out. Like when you pick Dylan Cousins eighth overall and Casey Middlestad eighth overall, and you have you know a tra- uh, you trade for you know Tage Thompson, and you have a first overall pick in Darlene and Owen Power, and you have a second round pick in Samuelson, and like the entire team are all first round draft picks. Okay, you're now in a situation that, for the first time in a in a, in, in over a decade, the Sabers are a very talented hockey team you know what kevin adams did you know what don granado did they built an environment yeah well that is what they've done yeah, they've we know built we an know environment that. we know that okay. and, and 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 wouldn't you say wouldn't you say that the pressure is now on kevin adams well, that's not that's not pressure coming from me that's like it's not going, negative pressure either no, that's that's not negative pressure. That's that's like uh, how would you word that? I mean, is that excite excitable pressure? Yeah, very much. So. I mean, it's 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 pressure with the expectation to go and do something to make your team even better than it's become. There's definitely going to be moves. There is no question about it. It is literally one hundred percent that there will be moves. One hundred percent. What kind bet of one of my I bet one of my kids on it right now. What kind of move are you talking? Well, listen, I mean, you have Victor Olson that I would like eat. I'm going to eat my shorts. I would literally dine with freaking barbecue sauce and eat my underwear if Victor Olson is still back on this team. Well, you were one one point out of a playoff spot. Are you okay. going to make that many changes? Are you are you not going to see what you can do with what you have and maybe? AP? No, hell no. Okay, hell no. No, absolutely not. Because here's the thing. You, you've you identified 
an insanely strong group. Okay, you you know who your first line is with Alex Tuck and Thompson and Skinner, who were absolutely insane how good they were. Okay, and then you have this this kid line that is only going to get better. They're not even close. JJ Paterka absolutely tore it up at the World Championship. You have Dylan uh, um, Dylan Cousins, who has I wouldn't even say he's like. Um, he's exploded like, yeah, he had 32 goals last year and 68 points and he had an unbelievable year, but I don't think that we've seen his ceiling. He is going to continue to get better. He's still super young. You have Jack Quinn. I think that's, ex- I think that close. is considered exploding. I don't think that's that like, is exploding, but I think that Dylan cousins I has agree with you on not, that's not his ceiling. Upper, but I, do, yeah. I would say that. It's and that's all I'm exploding. saying. So when you talk about your top six forwards, you're like, holy shit. That's pretty damn good. But what about Casey Middlestad? What about a kid who had 59 points? He had 60, almost 60 points last year. You have to, and I mean have to, have some sort of semblance of physicality. I don't care who they go get. Kevin Adams, that's that's what he does best. That's what all the analytics guys that are working under Kevin Adams is they need to go out and they need to figure out what are the best pieces to play with Casey Middlestat that's going to make that line on any given night a number one line. Casey Middlestat has the ability to be a very dynamic forward on this team, okay? But he need they need to go out and they need to put the proper players with Casey Middlestat. You saw what happened when he played with Tuck and Skinner. Kid went on an absolute fire because he was playing with the elite forwards and Casey has the ability to be an elite player if he plays with elite forwards. So don't go put him with scrubs. Casey Middlestad didn't have the greatest season with Victor Olsen. You want to know why? Victor Olsen doesn't even go near the front of the net. He doesn't go into the corners. He doesn't forecheck. Well, uh, He's like he- literally soft as puppy shit. And if he's back, I'm going to literally lose my marbles because Kevin Adams and everybody in this organization, every fan that watches the game, I don't give a shit that he scored 27 goals. I don't care. (laughs) They're meaningless frigging goals, man. He does nothing besides that. Now, here's the thing. He's He's a nice hockey player, just not on our team. We need a different style of player. That's it. That there. That's I don't even know. Who's going to play with Casey Metalstad? That's my question to you. My whole point about this this conversation was about watching the playoffs. Basically, all all these teams have physicality. It's all it's all I'm basically saying. You know, it's like you, you, we sat here. I don't want to say heavily criticized because I think that's an overstatement, but but I would say that. You know, people rolling their eyes when we would say that you need to get more physical. You need to get players that play with some jam. And, you know, it's like, oh, the analytics uh, don't really suit what that player does and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, shut up with that shit. Please go watch a player and you tell me if that's a guy that you want to have playing in your lineup every single night. Simple as that. I don't care how many points he gets. I really don't. Those stats don't matter. I want guys that actually intimidate the other team's players. Like Keegan Colasar is in full command in this series. There's not a player on either team that can touch him when it comes to toughness. Might not Matt Kachuk. He ran Matt Kachuk over. Nobody wants to look at this guy. Nobody's messing with him. 
Well, it's going to come down to, you know, we, we talk about Keegan Colasar. We talk about William Carrier. They are two players that play on the fourth line. Let me tell you, that's one of the best fourth lines that's played in the entire playoffs this year. They're fast. They're skilled. They can make hockey plays, but they understand the roles. They understand their role. They are physical every single time. They're physical and fast. And they, other lines don't like playing against them. Other D pairings don't like playing against them because you know you're going to get hit. And when you get hit in the first period and you get hit in the second period, you start to wear down in the third period. And that's what Vegas does. That's what they do. Right now, are you going to tell me that the players that are on the Sabres right now are that type? They're going to wear you down is, is, you know, is Jeff Skinner going to wear you down? Is JJ Paterka going to wear you down? What about uh, Quinn? Like these players are very good players in their own right. But the Sabres right now need not muckers, not mutt bags. They need to go out and find players and they're, it's going to cost them. I think they need those guys. No, they need. Okay. Let me ask you this. I'm going to give you a hypothetical of what I'm talking about. Are there any about. muckers or mutt bags in the league anymore? No, there's lots. Who? There's lots. Name some. Like, um, how would you? So, for example, Lomberg. Oh my God! I was just going to say, how would you classify Ryan Lomberg? He's a, he's a mutt bag. He's a mucker, and he's an irritant, and he's physical, and he's mouthy, and he's chirping. He's not out there to make skilled hockey plays, or or he's going to score goals. He's out there because he understands his job, and that's okay, why you, he's making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is the league minimum in the league. Okay, you think he's going to make seven fifty next year? Yeah. You'll you make do. a little bit more, but you can replace him. That's he's the whole 28. point. He's 28. Okay. He had 12 goals and 20 points. Okay. Really good. I think he played on the third line. If I'm not mistaken, I think he played he's on the third line. He's going to make at least 1.5 next year. Mm, I don't think he's going to make 1.5. Okay. I think I bet it, she signs a three-year deal. I bet she signs a three-year deal for 1.5 average. Somewhere around there. I actually want Vegas to win. Um, and I don't want Florida to win. So it's been an enjoyable series for me to watch. And I hope that I hope that Vegas closes it out tomorrow. Oh, uh, I don't five. want it to be tomorrow. I'll get a couple more games. No. Nope. Just have a couple more games. No, nope, because I don't want the feeling, the anxiety or whatever about having this game go to game seven. I don't even want that. I just want that. I want Vegas to pluck this out right in five because they have been by far, by far, by far the best team in this series. And a chance to do it at home. Do you know that there's only been one team in NHL history that a team in the finals has gone up 3-1. There's only been one team that's come back from a 3-1 deficit. Uh, okay, I like this game. Um, do you know the answer? Do I know the answer of the team? Do you know do you know the answer of all like the year, the team? I don't. And who it was against? No. Nope. Oh. 
All right. Let's fact check I read that. it. I, I was watching the uh, sports uh, this morning. 30, 36 of 37 teams have gone on to win the Stanley Cup. So there's one team that's basically come back from the 3-1 deficit. It's also a fucking joke that they're, what are they, 13 million over the cap right now in the playoffs? I mean, that's how you have to do it. In order to win the Cup, you have to be shady <laughs> as fuck. Simple as that. Tampa Bay did it. You had Kucherov running around with shirts, 18 million over the cap. Like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> well, listen, I mean, the bullshit. greatest thing that you need is to have a player like Mark Stone who goes out and has a, what, a back surgery? He's out almost the entire season. He's making nine and a half million dollars a year. So that nine and a half million dollars doesn't go towards the cap. So they get to fill up the, the roster and bring in, you know, better players that brought up. How good is uh Barbershop or whatever the how hell much his does name he make? Is. Four million? No. Barbashev makes uh 2.25, okay. I think. Let, well, let me let I me might have been more than that, but no, just, he, si- just... he signed a two-year deal. Okay. For $4.5 million. He makes $2.25 million oh a year. I'm going to tell you this. I have him. I would sign him right now to four, four and a half million dollars. Six year deal. Right now. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's 27 years old. This, this kid here. Playing on the, on, on the line with Eichel and uh, Marcheseau. Marcheseau's been, he's the Conn Smythe winner, man. Oh yeah. Jonathan Marchezo has one more year at five million bucks. If he wins the con smite this year, he will be signed. How much money is he gonna make after that? Uh I don't know. What did he get for points this year? He had twenty eight goals and fifty seven points. Yeah, seven and a half. So he had thirty goals, twenty seven goals, twenty five goals, twenty two goals in sixty six games. He had eighteen goals in fifty five games. He had thirty goals, and then he had twenty eight goals last year. This kid scores goals. He's a hell of a hockey player. Like what? What is what is a twenty eight thirty goal scorer worth in this league? You're looking at minimum seven. So. You know, they're going to have to re-up. What did I just say? I don't know. I was at 7.5. Okay, and and, and they're going to go to him, and they're going to say, listen, you could probably get 7.5 from another team, Jonathan, but if you stay here in Vegas, you're going to play with Jack Eichel for the next five, six years, okay? You're going to make 6.75, okay? And you're going to have the tax breaks that the other teams don't have. So you making 6.75 here is like you making, you know, 7.75 in New York or California. And on top of it, you're playing in Vegas. And you're playing in Vegas. Let me ask him. I want to go back to one thing you said earlier about um, you were talking about McCarr and Hughes being basically forwards. So if McCarr and Hughes are basically forwards, yep. wouldn't you kind of put Owen Power in that same category, just six foot six? I mean, because, yeah. again, I'm not asking Owen Power to go and change his game and be physical. It would be nice if he had a you know a little bit of a nasty to his game. But my point is is that he's – is he not the same as, as – though like Darlene to me is, is now become a physical defenseman. Like, I mean, if you're going wide on Darlene, I have no question that he's going to – 
to he's lay literally you out. nasty. He's not yeah. just a he's not just physical. Like yeah. there's a lot of defensemen in this league that are in the middle category. Then there's the the softies, the soft categories that play soft. I don't care if you're five nine or if you're six six. There's a whole bunch. There's some soft category type players. Then you have your middle strong all around defenseman and then you have your nasty physical guys and you Racco Gudis and guys like that that are just like you know Braden McNabb watching him he's he's physical he's a physical guy I'm gonna tell you the most physical defenseman that we had on their team this year was Rasmus Dahlin he just so happened to have 73 points in the meantime okay kid's an absolute stud he is he has shown that he's exploded onto the scenes and he's he is incredible Samuelson, 6'5", 225, 30 pounds. I'd like to see him even angrier. Okay? I'm not talking about fighting. don't want him to fight. I want him I to be angry. I want I him to be physical. To, I think he's going to get there. Why is that? Why do you think he's going to get there? Because I think, I, listen, I because th- I think he's going to realize that there are a ton of chicken shits in this league, and it's not okay. like back when his dad played. Okay, but there's also a t- there, there's there's still guys that would love to like rip his head off. Yeah, but you don't. Is have that going to make him feel you, uncomfortable? No, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because in the grand scheme of things, and I'm saying this as a guy in my role, and I mean what I'm about to say. He doesn't have to fight if he lays somebody out. I don't want him to fight. I don't mm-hmm. want players to fight. Yeah, I'm not looking for players to fight. If a guy gets cross checked in the face. You, I might ask you to go and you know drop your gloves and sucker punch the guy. But uh, again, if you choose not to, I yeah. might hold it against you for a couple hours. But my point is, he doesn't have to. He just needs to go and be physical, battle in front of the net, finish checks in the corner, lay guys out, maybe a couple open ice hits. And, and that's basically it. If you're a willing combatant, a willing combatant in the NHL nowadays, how many fights will you get in? In a, a willing, willing, combat. like I'm not talking. Now, listen to me. Understand what I'm saying. There's a difference between willing and then there's I want to fight. Nick Delorier wants to fight. Ryan Reeves wants to fight. The problem is there's no one for him to fight. And that's why he ends up with four fights a year. Okay. There's those players. And then there's guys that are just willing, like a Braden point from Tampa Bay who gets 50 goals, he's willing. He's a spitfire. He is Jamie willing ben. to stick Jamie up. Jamie Ben his... is a willing combatant. Well, he is He is more than willing, okay? okay I'm okay. looking for guys that are not typically fighters, but will stick up for who their cares? teammates. You ask me how many fights are you getting in if you're a willing combatant? Five tops. Maybe. Okay, right. So you're telling me that Samuelson at 6'5", 225, 30 pounds, can't play the same thing that he's doing now with Darlene, but add a little bit of cock and balls to his game where if Rasmus Darlene needs a little bit of freaking help that he comes and mauls some guy with his big frame, it's going to, he's going to do it three, four, five times a year. That's it. It wouldn't That's hurt. All he needs it would do. never hurt. It would never hurt Samuelson to go out and grab a semi-tough guy and just pound the living piss out of him. He would, or use that stick like a weapon. I oh. hate to say it, man, but that stick is not just a hockey stick. It's not just for passing. It's not just for shooting. It can be a weapon. 
And if you use it properly, not like a complete meat stick, but if you use it properly, that will gain you some God, respect. Man, if I were Samuelson, I would grab I would I would handpick about four or five guys in the league that I would grab and just fucking throttle. Right? And yeah. and and then and then but going maybe, back to our point what? with the with the defense core, you need Samuelson to have a little bit of jam to him because he plays an incredible brand of defensive. He moves the puck well, he skates well, but he defends really well. Now, if he can add just a little bit of nastiness to him, where guys go to the front of the net, the whistle blows, and all of a sudden you've got some guy that's still standing in front of your goaltender. You want to make sure that guys understand that this is my area, not yours. And if you come here, you're going to pay for it. And that is going to that is going to deter a lot of guys in this league cuz there's a lot of pretenders in this league especially to going to the front of the net if you're going to have an angry Samuelson. That's all I'm saying. And when we were talking about Owen Power, do we need Owen Power to be this absolute, you know, Chris Pronger type player? No, cuz I don't think he has it in him. But as he gets older, as he gets more comfortable and feels more confident in this game, you're going to see a little bit more jam kind of come from Owen Power. I wouldn't want to over pursue this with him. He's going to be a little him, bit. I wasn't asking him that. I was just saying that would, would you throw him in the same category as a Hughes and Makar when it comes? Because as yes, you were saying, because he's a bigger, he's a bit like, I wouldn't say Kel, like Kel Makar is actually somewhat physical. He's got a little nasty to his game too. I would like to see a little bit more jam and own power, but obviously he's played one year in the league. He's 20 years old. He's super young. He's going to gather that confidence. He's going to gather that, that understanding of when to do it, how to do it, who to do it against. And, and he will gain that as he moves forward. I think the partner. Now listen to this. The partner that plays with Owen Power will make Owen Power's balls grow tremendously, or they're going to shrivel up. Because right now, like he's got, you know, he's got pebble balls playing with Yoki Haru. I'm Yoki Haru is a nice player, but he is the farthest thing away from physical. Oh man, pebble balls. Last thing I'll say before we get out of here. Did you see what Charles? <laughs> You see what Charles Barkley said about Jack Eichel? Jack knew who he was. You got to be living under a rock for the last three decades to not know who Charles Barkley is. You have to. Jack knew who he was. But you just met Jack Eichel. Did Jack <laughs> just big time Charles Barkley? Yeah, absolutely. Old Chuck. That's uh, That's funny. That's funny. Maybe Jack was in the zone. Who knows what's going on? Maybe he got startled. Like maybe Jack got startled. Jack's personality is a little bit different. Um, maybe he got startled and didn't kind of know what to do because like Charles Barkley is, is larger than life. He's a an incredibly large personality. Um, who knows? Who knows? I just think that that's kind of, uh, it's a funny story, but, uh, is what it is. Ah, maybe I shouldn't feel so bad about when he blew off my kid then. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. 
and at Craig Reve 52 at the instigator 76. And you can find us as you already know on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.